What's up? This is Rich from the Post America Podcast. I did this interview yesterday. It was June 2nd in Trent, New Jersey with John Joseph. It was a great interview, but I didn't have our man Chris with us. I fucked up a little bit here. You might hear a little dropout once in a while. So please forgive us and enjoy the interview. This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. I'll check it out. I'm here alone today. No Macho, no Chris, no Baboon. I'm in separation. But I'm with my man. I had to come because. This is important. I'm with John Joseph, frontman extraordinaire, high priest of the hardcore scene. Nah. Come on. Listen, you gotta, you gotta right, let me. I'll let you roll with You it. gotta Go let ahead. me do you. Give me a bunch of accolades Author. I don't deserve. PMA God. I would have never heard of it without this guy. Yeah, you know, I'm a little. I, I'll talk to you about that later. Also, triathlete. Iron Man. And you just did one, didn't you? I did a half Iron Man, yeah, in Chattanooga. How'd it go? I had a bike mechanical, but and I was hurt on the road before the race. I got yeah. kicked in the leg, so I was in a knee brace, couldn't run for four weeks. But I, you know, I got it done. Dude, I don't know how you do that. And I was watching that stuff. I was texting you when I was watching it with that guy that you're kind of. Oh yeah, London Real dude, yeah. London Rose. Yeah. Is that over yet or no? Yeah, well we did the race. And, did he uh, do it? Yeah, he finished. Because I was good. looking for like the 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 final episodes. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it just posted today. The second to final, yeah. it's everything leading up to the race itself, and then I think 11 is going to be the race, so it just oh, posted right, right. today. All right. I like that guy. He's cool, yeah, man. He's, he's, cool. Uh, he's a very genuine, yeah. uh, you did, know. Did like, he have the heart? Did he have the heart? Yeah, absolutely. And he did it. He's fucking did, dude. That guy's jumped out of fucking planes. He's fucking done so much crazy shit. Like, if you challenge him to something, he'll just be like, okay. I'll go to Thailand and fight Muay Thai for yeah? fucking two months. Yeah. yeah. I'll do jiu-jitsu in Brazil, whatever. Because when I was watching, I knew your background, but I didn't know his, really. You yeah, know? he's very fit. He's a very yeah. fit dude. So. That's cool. Yeah. No, that and uh, you have that going on. Then another thing that I was well, I was watching, I was interested in, is you're beefing with Joe Joe Rogan. You're beefing with that dude. I'm not beefing Well, with you know We just go that. back, you know. He, I do. he, he, uh, you know, I, I quoted an article about um, the dude from Atkins that died, and I read it from the New York Times and how, uh, and, and how, um, and, hey, Mackie, what are you doing? Hey, fucking Mac, Mac and Luke over here. Uh, you know, how uh, I said that the dude, uh, they blocked the autopsy and... The guy who claimed he didn't have, like, you know, the person in the coroner's office, first of all, witnesses on the street yeah. said that it, it appeared he went into cardiac arrest and fell and hit his head. Yeah. Then the coroner released who was friends with the PCRM people who are plant-based because you have to realize something. This guy's made, it's a billion-dollar business that Atkins built. 
off of fucking telling people to eat poisonous fucking oh, yeah. food. And he 100%. got a lot of people fucking sick. Yeah. And the wife blocked the autopsy because she didn't want an autopsy uh, being done because it would have proved. But the... the um, the the uh, the coroner who had access to his medical records said he suffered several heart attacks throughout the years, massive coronary disease, yeah. and everything else associated with having a bad heart, which is what meat does to you. So yeah. Joe Rogan said that I lied and I you know I bullshit these vegans will fucking lie to make their point. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I quoted a motherfucking word for word verbatim. Yeah. What I heard the witnesses say and what the New York Times yeah. article said. So it wasn't, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, uh, I don't uh, have any beef with anybody. I well, don't get I, involved just, in those I'm, I'm, fucking I'm getting like crazy. But you know, but yeah, I see. I, I listen to Rogan. I like his podcast. Yeah. But he does seem to have a little chip on his shoulder against. Of course that he movement. does. He's always trying to fucking, you know talk shit on the plant-based shit and bring yeah. on doctors like the dudes that he have back in his stance don't even have the credentials to back the fucking stance that he takes about this whole keto shit and all this it's like the the people uh, you know like uh z dog the one doctor who fucking he wasn't on rogan's podcast i don't know but he tried to like debunk uh what the health and all this shit saying that those weren't real doctors and first of all he ain't a motherfucking real doctor second yeah. of all garth davis dr garth davis and the rest of them are real motherfucking doctors uh, you know, graduated from Harvard and all kinds of fucking prestigious yeah. uh, medical schools with degrees in cardiology. And where's his degree? Like aftercare when you come out of the motherfucker. He has an agenda, you see. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, but I don't get into it with, with, with anybody like that because the science is there. And How about we throw a beating on Joe Rogan? Nah, man. I, 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 you know, let he's post friends. Post America, do it. You call he, the shots. You he, let us know. He's friends with a lot of friends of mine, Brian Callen, and uh, you know, I'm sure. I mean, he just had. Uh, he just had fucking. Uh, he just had. What's the comedian who just had a fucking heart attack and all that? The shit? guy that did. Uh, he was in Clerks. Yeah. What's the comedian's name? I forget his name, uh, but I know exactly. What you're he just about. had him on talking about how he went plant based, and then James Silent Bob guy. Yeah, yeah, and then they were talking about fucking, uh, you know, eating at crossroads and fucking all kinds of shit, and uh, you know, it, it's like, dude, he has an agenda. He has, uh, you know, shit he's trying to sell and shit he's trying to push, and the whole macho meat shit, and go fucking, you know. And I mean, he's selling stuff. He is selling yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's selling stuff too. But it's like, you know, here's the whole thing. It's like, you know, you can't tell me that you have fucking dudes hauling a trailer full of venison that you fresh killed when you go on the fucking road doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, let's be honest, man. You know, it's like, anyway, I don't, uh, the science speaks for itself. That's why I just quote doctors like Dr. Campbell, Dr. Esselstyn. Dr. Garth Davis, fucking all of these health experts from PCRM and, and Neil Bernard and the rest of them. And uh, I'm not a doctor, but I'm friends with motherfuckers that are. So. And what would be the point of spinning it, like, is what I don't really understand. Like, why would he think someone like you, like, what do, would you have to gain out of that? Well, you know, he just was like, he. what he did was he, 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 he referenced me in the show. He goes, yeah, this really fit dude, John uh, Joseph, yeah. he's an Iron Man, really fit dude, uh, vegan, this and that. He, I didn't, did not realize that um, 
you know, he said on his podcast that Dr. Atkins had, uh, you know, heart problems and stuff. So then he had a bunch of uh, people, because his podcast hit so many people, he had a bunch of people from the Atkins camp fucking get in touch with him. So he quoted the doctor who was the doctor working for the Atkins company. That's uh, who he yeah, fucking yeah. quoted. And I'm like... That, and that's someone with I an mean, agenda. Come on, man. Look yeah. what happened to that brand when he died because the information got out there and, about the brand and then the fucking Atkins brand tanked. Now it's like trying to make a comeback and all this shit. Then you got all these spinoff, you know, the keto diet and the fucking this diet and that diet. It's all bullshit. Any diet that is centered around fucking animal... Meat and dairy and, I mean, fucking the keto diet, they let you eat a fucking bacon, uh, egg wrapped in fucking bacon. Fucking, yeah, I mean, sense. dude, it's like, come yeah. on, man. With, you said you had some mutual friends like Brian Callen. You reach out, anybody reach out to you about it? Or not? Nah, they don't get involved in all this shit, Because, you know, you might not remember, but, uh... You hooked me and Joe up with tickets to see Brian Callen. I remember, Callen. yeah. Yo, that's funny. my dude. He's a funny motherfucker, I, I never saw him live before. And he's a badass. He's a fucking yeah. jiu-jitsu. He does jits. He's a fucking second-degree black belt Yeah. in Taekwondo. Really? Yeah, Brian can fight, man. Hmm. And he hung out with all them DC dudes back in the day, and it yeah. was like fucking brawling all the time. Yeah. So. Well, he was funny as hell. Yeah. Man. He's a very humble dude. Actually, I just... Uh, hung out His moms came in And took my walking tour And stuff uh, I gave her a private tour His mother Yo I, I was supposed to do that A couple years ago You remember that? Yeah I, I won something with a donation I still gotta get that Oh yeah Anytime you wanna Damn, come I wanna yeah. do that Yeah it was uh, Probably for Alexander you know, I saw you post something That it won't happen again Until August or something or? Uh, Well it's um, You just did the last I'm one I'm doing for one long. tomorrow And okay. then the next weekend and then I go on tour with the Mags for till July, and then once I get back in July, I'm shooting a documentary film in L.A. Yeah, yeah, with the guy that did uh, What the Health, Kip Anderson, and uh, wow, Paul DeGelder, the guy he did the book No Time for Fear. He was like a Navy clearance diver, like Special Forces Australian. And dude. what's it about to die? It's it's basically helping people uh, transition their lives, similar cool. to what I did coming out of yeah. fucking lock up and everything else yeah. and and helping people that really needed the most i think the whole vegan shit and this whole movement has become this fucking well-to-do shit where the you know the ones who can afford you know a nine dollar motherfucking veggie burger yeah. and all this shit so we're gonna work with the people that need it the most that don't have access to that all that uh information i think that's knowledge. what it what it needs yeah, it's become like some uppity white people yeah. shit. And it's like, they all got to stick up their ass. I'm like, fuck those fucking douchebag fucking veg fest. They don't invite me because, you know, I have a certain way You're a of talking. a little rough around the edges, maybe. Yeah, well, well that's the <laughs> way I am. And that's why I, I've helped convert, yeah. uh, you know, put the information out there for a lot of motherfuckers to convert because I'm just a regular Joe fucking schmo from wherever I come from in New York and it's yeah. like, yo, uh, I just put it in their vernacular. You, know, you don't have to be fucking, eh, love animals. And I mean, you know, it's yeah. like no tough motherfucker's gonna listen to that and that's always been a problem with this shit. Yeah. I've been doing it longer than these motherfuckers. I had the vegan Easily. feminists attack me about the title of my book, Meet Us for Pussies and I mean, it's Incredible just Incredible name, by the it's way. It's got... I didn't come up with it. And... I love... And the woman from HarperCollins 
said that she wants to call the book Meetings for Pussies. It was a woman that put the fucking... That that we came up with the title. I was like, "You want me to tone it down?" And that she, bitch called you calls you a lot of trouble. Who? The, no, I'm just teasing. No, no, no. But she wanted the uh, you know the book to be called that. So I whatever. think it's a great name because yeah. it turns heads. You know what I mean? Hey, man. You know what? That's what she said. You got to be yeah. disruptive. Yeah. And that's what it was because you had all these fucking meathead dudes. Like, meanwhile. How many motherfucking years since I stopped eating meat in 91 were like, oh, that shit, vegetarian shit's for pussy motherfuckers and all this shit. Yeah. Like, I've been dealing with that shit, you know, people talking that shit until it comes down to like, you know. Sure, yeah. Fist to cuffs, like what? Yeah. And then it's like, you know. You gotta teach a lesson. Uh, you know, I try to fucking. See, I, I heard, you know, I came across the vegan movement, all of that stuff, animal rights through hardcore, so it didn't have that kind of like pansy kind of feminine yeah. vibe that I see it nah. elsewhere but with people like you and then Earth Crisis later on really pushing the movement it was never to me like that but then once it start, started becoming mainstream and it's kind of did pick up a lot of steam it seems like that's the only version of this movement well there's a lot of badass motherfucking athletes totally, too yeah. that's doing it they don't go screaming vegan 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 it's like plant based whatever the fuck and you know, even Joe Rogan was like, oh, yeah, they try to get around the vegan thing by saying it's plant-based. And I'm like, no, Joe Rogan, l- know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. There's plant-based, people that eat a plant-based diet and might wear leather and fucking whatever the fuck ah, and honey okay. and all this shit and use shit say, with animal shit in it. That's yeah. the difference. Now, I don't do any of that. Yeah. You know, I don't use any products or whatever in the house or hygiene products or toothpaste or fucking anything that has animal products in it. So I adhere to, you know, the whole vegan lifestyle and shit, but I'm I not going to go fucking waving that fucking V flag any day soon. I was going to say, what's the difference between pe- people saying plant-based That's and the difference vegans. is you might eat a plant-based diet, but then, But you have know, leather sneakers yeah, leather and sneakers, a leather couch. whatever the fuck. That's not really... Some dudes wear leather thongs. I don't know. That's not my <laughs> fucking business. Mackie, I thought I thought yeah, that. You no. caught with one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So that's... The plant-based guy is in it for the diet. Yeah, and pretty much. And the vegan much is in it. It's a whole. For, for, you know, yeah, the animal rights. But then, like, yeah. you know, you got plant-based people that are like, yo, it's not right to kill animals and all sure. that shit, too. That's why I try to post them fucking slaughterhouse videos like I did today. Because it's like, you need to know what the fuck you're, 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 brutal, you're, you're buying into. Yeah. And do you want to eat that shit? You know, because anxiety produces uh, all kinds of negative effects in the human body, too. Stress hormones, cortisol. And all kinds of shit, and, and produces an acid, an acidic condition in the blood. Imagine what's going on with an animal when it's fucking seeing not only its friends, uh, you know, other cows and animals being killed in front of them, but it's fucking being killed. It, yeah. It's alive with its throat cut, and I mean, it's fucking horrendous. So, in the moments right before the death, you're you're saying the body will release absolutely toxins and stuff all like that. kinds of fucking toxins, sense. and then when they kill the animal, the toxins are even fucking released into the meat. You're getting fucking fecal matter contaminant. I mean, it's just 
You don't need to eat that shit, man. I'm turning 56. I'm fucking. 56. I'm doing another motherfucking Iron you look Man like you're 35 in November. Years old. Thank you, my brother. Well, you know, and 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 because of coming out of addiction and everything else, I had to uh, adhere to being fucking sober. Yeah. Which is my thing. I don't. I don't tell anybody else what to do. I got friends that eat meat. I got friends that drink and smoke weed and do whatever and fucking. You don't even smoke weed. Nah. My man. Nah, I don't. Sm- my and, man. And, you know, I don't judge nobody, but it's not my thing. You know, somebody hit me up today. Did you ever try ayahuasca? I'm like, nah, man, I'm sober. And he's trying to tell me it ain't a drug. And I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah, that seems to be like a big thing. All of like the, the psychedelics are making a comeback, you know? Yeah, well, you know what? I said, I don't take anything that alters my consciousness other than meditation. That's it. Yeah. You know? Do you think meditation alters your consciousness? Absolutely. Really? You know, your third eye and all of that stuff that exists. And I know because I lived as a monk for two years, meditating every single morning. Wow. And, and still meditate. And, and it's been proven, as a matter of fact, even when you come out of surgery now, they make you they make you meditate. Really? Because it's been proven, yeah. A lot of hospitals are making people meditate because it's proven that it heals the body quicker. You heal quicker. So you, they want you to meditate before surgery, after surgery. Meditation is vital to yeah. humans, man. It's like you have to go beyond... Uh, you know, most people are caught on the sensual plane, you know, the with the five senses and the fucking... Oh, yeah, okay. and, and, you know, so you use the mind and the intellect to go beyond that, but what's beyond the mind and the intellect is the self. So how do you tap into that energy? That's where, you know, the, I think they said something like only 3% of all our intellect is used in every single thing that we've been able to accomplish thus far... Uh, on this planet and materially I mean look at the shit we're coming up yeah. with like just in this fucking phone right Banana here if you phone. go back to the 50s what's contained in this phone would have taken up a football field long of fucking computers yeah. and look what they did now They and it's like the Jetsons man I could talk to my fucking girl in New yeah. York fucking FaceTime and all kinds of shit now if we only are using 3% of our fucking ability what the fuck is the other 97% of our ability supposed to be used for? And it's... You're going to bug me out it's, now. It's the metaphysical aspect yeah. of the human psyche, which very few people... That's why people cheat and they t- try to take ayahuasca and mushrooms and fucking psilocybin and fucking... And, and peyote and all this shit. But what do you mean by cheat? That's cheating because you're, you're giving some temporary glimpse into... Uh, a, a different realm of consciousness but here's the thing you don't control it because you're opening up your third eye artificially and ah, and the thing is I like that and anytime you take anything that's affecting you in the mind which is what these all mind altering drugs do yeah. you're immediately on the mental platform yeah. so you're not on the spiritual the spiritual platform is beyond the mind intelligence and the five senses and the false ego so how do you do that? Not not through taking some drug, and you don't stay high forever. You have you have to keep taking taking the shit. Yeah. How do I, you know, how do I stay high? Yeah. Without the use of that stuff. So that's you know that's those been, hippie uh, cheats. I like yeah, that, John. You know them motherfuckers. I man. like that. I never thought I like that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the that's the way you got to look at it yeah. because, uh, you know. That's the way the knowledge was imparted to me from my spiritual teacher, Prabhupada. So, you know, 
he was a, he, he was a, he was a fully realized yogic master. You know, so is there an equivalent to him today? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. No. As a matter of fact, I know so because he was uh, what's known as uh, you know a Mahabhagavat man, a pure devotee, and uh, I, I mean I'm sure there's people in India and stuff like that who you'll never see come out of the Himalayas that are yogis that can live fucking 10 years off of one breath like the shit that's able to be done people have people have no uh, clue about it but he had a particular time and circumstance he was predicted uh, coming uh, that someone would spread the Maha Mantra all over the planet uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted him. All kinds of astrological signs pointed to his uh, descent uh, into this uh, earth, which was called Bart Varsh at the time. Uh, you know, that's the original name for what we now refer to as Earth. So, um, you know. So he's from And don't India. get that twisted. It ain't. I am not down with the flat earthers and all this crazy shit that's going on. What has something to do with that? Or nah, oh. nah. It's just you know, people speculate on shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always going to happen. And just to let everybody know, we're in Trenton, New Jersey tonight. You guys are playing at. Is this called the Champ or Championship? Championship. In Trenton and. Uh, and we're sweating back here for you. We're, we're sweating to the oldies. Like this is like room. a fucking. In we had to go in a stock kitchen. room. Yeah. Uh, so, yo, it's hot that. as balls, man. But, yeah, but we, we've been trying to get this done for a minute. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we wanted to, you know, just you know. do it in New York or somewhere. But I saw I was coming here. I saw you were coming yeah. here. So I got to go. Appreciate that. Plus, I love seeing the band. You know, I'm yeah, a big yeah. fan. As, as I am of Wisdom and Get out of job, please. Man, Don't say on, that. You come guys, on. The hardest shit is going on after we play with you guys, man. It's fucking. You're crazy. We just could barely keep them warm. Come on. It's like uh, that set you stop. guys did in uh, the Sound of Revolution, that fest in uh, in England. In, uh, Where the fuck is that? Uh, Holland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a dope set, man. Yeah, but you guys cool. always kill it. You got. You well, got, you know, you don't go on stage if you know. Hey, we don't go on stage and talk shit. Yeah. We don't, and and uh, you know, we just do what we do, and it's all love, man. Everybody in the band loves each other. There's no beef. There's no bickering. I don't gotta. Worry somebody's stealing something or fucking yeah. there's all kinds of premeditated shit going on. And I got to testify for your band because I remember one time you guys were nice enough to offer us a show. Then the show got canceled. And no big deal. We weren't sweating. And you still you still paid us. And I couldn't... I was, that, that's a sign of your character. Well, that's... Because uh, nobody know, would have thought twice of uh, about anything. You know what I mean? That's like, what... Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a boat show. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah, got canceled yeah. for some reason or another. It was in New York. something happened a week before, and I made static. sure you guys got, got paid. And, uh, yeah, you and know. that's a testament to the, the character because you didn't have to do that. You did it. It's all right. There's going to be some background noise. People but, at home uh, Yeah, you know, it's like, listen, man, I don't, you know... I don't do this shit for the money. Like, yeah. you know, I'm public. What is your main reason for doing music? Just let's talk about music. I mean, look, man, if you read my book, The Evolution of a Cro Magnon, then, yeah, ever since I was a little kid, fucking six, seven years old, you know, dodging my father who was fucking breaking in, trying to fucking basically murder my mother. It was always music, Motown, and music, and music, and the foster home and that was, was the music. It was just. 
I just had a very strong connection with music. Yeah. And it was on a spiritual, soulful kind of place. And it was like that when I was locked up. It was like that on the streets in the 70s. It was like that. And then I discovered, you know, started discovering punk in like 76 and... And, yeah. uh, and you know, I got a hold of That's like the Stooges. Yeah, and then like uh, I was in St. John's Home for Boys '76, and then started going to fucking Max's and all that shit in '77, and going to see punk bands play in the Ramones that April oh, at CB's, and seeing favorite. fucking people hanging out at Max. And I didn't. I was just attracted to the Roy. I mean, the first time I went to Max, I got the shit beat out of me. Yeah. Like, my friend that I was with was stealing money and fucking drinks off the bar. <laughs> so it was like I got initiation by fire, you know, because yeah. I was with him, and I, I was fucked up. We caught pills in 14th Street Park, which is now Union Square Park. Mm-hmm. That was like a drug supermarket, and we bought, like, two-and-alls and a Placidil, and just got fucking wrecked and I went upstairs <laughs> and like I remember the first time I went in I was I just started getting fucked up and, and that night and like just the people at Max's was so crazy like I'll never forget the song that was playing was by this band called The Normal and it was this song Warm Leatherette and it's just like bugged the fuck out anybody you should listen to that track were you bugging out because of what you were on? Uh, I was bugging out at the people and like, yeah. and then, uh, you know, and then like, yeah, I started getting real high and people <laughs> were pogoing and smashing me around. Yeah. I fucking threw up, went outside and, uh, and, and uh, you know, and then I started dating this punk rock girl who knew all those people. Yeah. Uh, so I kept coming around and then, you know, So even after you took up. that first beating, you came back? Yeah, I came back. I was going to other shows and then... Uh, just kept going and then I hit a dark period cause she died and then oh, over overdose and then I like fucking was selling dust in Forest Park and uh, racked up a couple of cases I had one for like uh, sold weed to an undercover big bag of weed in Rockaway at 98th Street Playland at this burger stand and then uh, and then I broke into like a pharmacy kind of su- um, drugstore rooftop yeah. And they fucking got me for that. So I had What kind of age are we talking about? Oh, I was like 14, Jesus maybe 15, Christ. 15, 14. You were like a little animal. Yeah, I was crazy. Well, you know, when you're on the streets and you're running with big fucking grown ass men yeah, and shit, man. they They put you up to some you stuff. You know, man. they was like, you know, yeah, they they want you to and I was hanging out with these crazy people like fucking that yeah. were like one uh, like went AWOL from Airborne Ranger. Fucking, he was an Airborne Ranger dude. So these are men you're hanging yeah, with. Yeah, these were fucking grown ass, like twenty year old dudes. And then hanging with you when they see a missile, a young guy that would just fucking. Yeah, they're do just this like, shit. yo, go fucking smash this dude over the face with a, like that like type a of missile. shit. Like exactly. you know, I remember one time, and I would never do that now. But it was this big ass fucking black dude worked at Playland, uh, the arcade, and they go. And I was all drunk and fucked up, and they were like, yo, go call that big dude a nigger. And I was Holy like, shit. And, and like, yo, oh I never forget it, because I walk up and I go, excuse my language, I would never say that now, yeah, and I'm yeah, not yeah. a racist at all, but I go, fuck you, you nigger. And he oh. beat the fucking <laughs> shit out of me so bad. I still got the scars in my hand. And that's 14. I had a beer mug. Yo, your it boys was just weren't looking like, out for you, man. Well, yeah, they 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 fucking they let me get my ass kicked and then they jacked them up. But uh, that's cold. you know, it, it, I mean, yeah. 
listen, it was a different time, um, you know, in New York, and then uh, just I was just buck wild, man. Yeah. Like in Forest Park, selling fucking angel dust. I got shot with a twenty-two. Damn. Fucking like just crazy shit, man. It's like you know, you can never do like the shit that I I, I saw, and then going to Spofford and and going up north for fucking. Ended up being like uh, 19 months. I got an extra month tagged on at the end for fucking beating someone down. Inside. Yeah, because he broke my brother's. My brother got beat up by the cops when he got arrested. And he he had to have like three nose surgeries. Yeah. And then this dude um, broke his nose. Threw a basketball in his face on purpose. And re-broke his nose. So I was about to get out and I... Caught him in the fucking locker room to the gymnasium and just fucking beat the shit out of him. (laughs) Smashed his face with the locker. Put him in the hospital. And then there was a place called the Linden, which was known as the Cells. And they kept me in solitary for like two weeks and then another two weeks. And then so I ended up doing 19 months there, three months in Spofford. All odds were against you. Yeah. For doing anything, you know. And I was just an angry motherfucker. Like. You know, the first day I went in Spofford, I had to put a chair over somebody's fucking head. Like, you know, like it was yeah. that type of shit. I was the only white dude in the in the whole fucking uh, facility, and I was a target. And I was a kid. I was I spent my, my uh, fi- I spent Sweet Sixteen in that motherfucker, dude. October third, seventy eight, and then they sent me up north. And um, and Spofford has a reputation. Oh, dude, I was in B3, and, uh, you know, it was Mike Tyson was yeah. there later on. I mean, it was, like, notorious. When the Irish cops took me up there, they're like, even if you were able to get out of there, you would never make it out of the neighborhood alive. Yeah. Because it was fucking, it was ill up there. Like, that part of the Bronx. Where were you at in the crazy. Bronx? Um, the fuck is... Um, Shout out to a South Bronx, from South the Bronx. Bronx. Oh, South Bronx. But uh, fucking, where's the place where they sell all the fucking fruit and all them fucking oh, places shit. up there? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's Spofford Avenue. That's why they call it Spofford. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just crazy, man. You know, and you, you know, everybody always told me, you know, you don't want to go to Spofford, dude. And then that's where you end up. Yeah, that's where I ended up. And, uh, like yeah, a self-fulfilling I, I had, prophecy. Yeah, I had the of negativity. I had the I had the fight like for the first whole week I was there. I was fucking throwing blows, and, and then uh, I helped this dude. Uh, you know, I was good in sports, so they started, you know, backing the fuck off. And I punched some people, hit some people with a chair, and whatever the fuck. So they. Uh, you know, and uh, and I helped this dude escape off the fucking. There yeah. was one bus on the. There was one window on the bus that if you fucking kicked that motherfucker really hard, it was the emergency exit that you could get off the bus. And he knew this. Yeah. So he was like, "Yo, when I go for the window, just get the fuck out of my way and like block, block the CO because the <laughs> CO is a big dude. He comes running <laughs> down the sick. aisle, and this dude just." Feet first flew from one side to the other and just kicked out the fucking the steel gated window and fucking out, and of, he the, actually out escaped. of the bus and just bounced off the concrete and fucking Fuck, yeah, and man. ran. Incredible. They caught him like right after that. He yeah. was back and then he went to like Elmira or something. He yeah. went someplace fucked up, but he was getting sentenced anyway. So, 
But yeah, you know, just uh, music was always the shit that carried me through, even upstate. When I went upstate, it was the same shit. It was always like music, music, music. And um, and then I got to meet, um, you know, I went into the Navy after that, after I got out of there. And then I met the Bad Brains and fucking, you know, I was into the punk shit, but I didn't know about, I got exposed to, before Bad Brains, I saw the Teen Idols, the Untouchables, and the whole DC crew came mm-hmm. down to Norfolk. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was still like a New York punk rock dude with the badges and the fucking yeah. spikes and the spiked hair and then I I saw that shit and like a week later I had a shaved head bandana bandana boots bandanas on engineer boots with barbed wire fucking Holy tied around shit. it and just fucking the whole Yo, the whole style was hard when I see pictures man yeah, that's how I was and, and uh, you know and, and uh, you know the thing was like they didn't like Navy people and all, especially the punks. But the thing was, you know, I, like they, they wouldn't it. fight these yeah. rednecks that that were coming in the yeah. barn. I just fucking smashed them up, and then they were like, "All right, you can hang out." So even though you're a Navy guy, you became yeah. their muscle. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, I remember, like before I, sp- right before I split, Ray B started hanging out because he was down there too. For what? He was in the Navy. Oh shit! Yeah, man, fucking Ray B. So you actually spent time with Ray B's while in the Navy. A little bit of time before That's I split, insane. but I just saw one of the dudes that I knew that he just came to the show when we just played Virginia Beach. This yeah. dude, Vic Demise, came to the Cro-Mag show, and I mean, you're talking 38 years later. He's like, holy shit. Wow. He was just bugging on the band and that is what the fuck was going on. Look, your boy Joe Harcourt, look. Hey, what's up? Oh, sorry, we got the guy going. But uh, Joe Harcourt just walked in, my man, the legend. Defending John's honor against the ISCOM. Oh, you were? You know he had booked Shelter last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's Shelter? Is that a legitimate form of the stuff you were talking about? Prabhupada and all that? And well, I, no. I no? She said, With who? Have you read the books? And I said, I read the books before they changed the words. And she said, they haven't changed the words. I said, yes, they did. And she yeah. said, well, that was back in the 70s. I said, but if they changed Well, the those words, are the books that they still read. There's a bunch of unscrupulous people. When he says her, who's he talking about? One of the people just giving up. Yeah, just, oh, okay. uh, you know, they don't know what's going on. A lot of them is all new people and, uh, you know. It's John, do they need a beating? You tell Post America Well, you know, me. here's the thing. They beat up the people <laughs> that my friends and Joe Harcourt was there to, prote- you know, yeah. Brahma Bhutta. Really? Just for, just for spreading the truth and saying, like, yo, this is what's going on. And then we went all over the country with him and Joe and... Joe helped him in Philly. Remember, we surrounded that fucking dude that had that gave the order to have him beat up. Wow! In front of his wife, he was shook. He was shook. But it's like you know, it's a whole. They turned it into a cult because they want to exploit these these kids and fucking you know, it's just bullshit. So dude. the stuff that they're doing is a different. Let's say, call it a different branch than the stuff that you're. Well, on. you know, uh, listen. Here's the whole thing. When Prabhupada left the planet, he didn't appoint any of them to start taking disciples and. Just like they just saw, they just fucking illegally tried to sell the Brooklyn Temple, which I helped build and, and fucking, you know, moved them into and, yeah. and collected money to pay for that. They, they, one of them, he's supposed to be a sannyasi in the renounced order of life. 
He tried to sell the fucking building for $60 million, and there's a whole big thing right now over that whole Brooklyn wow. Temple. It's just thieves. Yeah. And now they're following Nick's. It's always one set of thieves gets ousted for child molestation or stealing, or, you know, they killed this one dude that spoke out against them. And the guy who paid they for. They killed the guy? They killed this dude, Sri Lochan. I thought it was like a peaceful and thing. And the, the guy who paid the contract for. Put the money in the killer's hand is one of the big leaders of the movement right now. Holy crap, dude. And, and everybody's following him like a bunch of fucking, like, Listen, sheeple, huh? Back to Prom by Magazine exposes all the bullshit that they did. By you saying this, are you jeopardizing your safety? I don't want... They know better than to fuck with me. I already showed them, like, fucking <laughs> what the deal is. Like, you know, yeah. that's why we had to get real motherfuckers. Like, he came with a... With all the Philly Joe dudes, the rescue, we had F- FSU and fucking, <laughs> you know, DMS motherfuckers and all dudes everywhere. I had yeah. Special Forces dude, the, the one that was in it, he teaches so they didn't uh, want MMA. None do what you well, had. you know what? If you're going to try to be a fucking thug on a dude that's 60 years old in front of his wife that ain't a fighter and beat him up and try to act like you're a tough guy, then I invited some real tough guys to protect him. Yeah. And Powerhouse, and, and Chris Powerhouse, and 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 all the uh, Eric in in Atlanta, and all these different people in San Diego and all over the fucking United States, and not one person. I'll tell you one thing. I I had him do it at the San Diego Temple, and, and my friend who the movie Dear John was based on him, that Special Forces dude Todd okay. Vance, and he had an MMA school right across from the temple. So he went to protect Brahma, and Brahma was handing out the magazines. They come charging out of the temple to fucking beat him down, and then they see Todd Vance and and all his and MMA fighters. And, and the main dude was his student. He and he was like, "Oh, what are, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "This is a, a friend of a friend, and I'm here to make sure nobody touches wow. him." And the guy went back in and said. You guys don't want to go out there. Uh, they have some really heavy people out there. But that's... Listen, it's... You know, you're always going to get... In religions and organized religions, you're always going to get people that exploit people. It, they've turned it... Yeah. They've turned ISKCON into... Uh, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness is a pyramid scam now. So you want to get up the ranks so you can exploit the people underneath you and get the bank accounts and have disciples and have them... I mean, these guys have so like. So, is there any legitimate organ organized version of this, or just not at all? It's just they, independent. They're mostly people. independent. Like they yeah. have temples in the, you know, like if you, we had a temple in New York that was, and it was only Prabhupada and like you know, his his Prabhupada slept on the floor. Prabhupada cooked for everyone, fed everyone before he took a grain of rice. Slept on, like I said, slept was very humble. Mm-hmm. These guys are the exact opposite. Wow. So that's why I have no. And I know all the shit they did, selling drugs in the Brooklyn Temple. And are they aware that all the uh, protection that this guy got was from you? Of course they were. They knew where it was coming from because I was showing up at a lot of them. That's great. And I'm like, you know. So then you're comfortable to open your mouth against these when maybe some other guys. I said it in my book. I I wrote all about the whole shit. As a matter of fact, when they did the whole piece in Spin Magazine, I was like, yo, all these people are acting like this movement. What about all the children they fucking molested? And and these guys are still in the movement, and they're still welcome to come to the temples and everything. And wow. they fucking raped all these kids, and it's just it's just terrible. But here's the thing, man. 
I, I don't subscribe to any of these people and what they do. Prabhupada's books is what I read. I got, I got my bee bag in the car. I still chant. I still do what I got to do. And I still tell people to read Prabhupada's books. Mm-hmm. And when they say, what about going to the temple? I say, yeah, go to the temple, associate with the devotees. But the minute anyone starts saying, who's your guru? You, you say Prabhupada. You could throw him a bee. He loves to throw <laughs> bees, this guy. I was trying to beat up Joe Rogan for him. He didn't want it, though. <laughs> now he uh, he got some problem with an MMA fighter that he was talking shit on. That's gonna show up. Oh, he said he he's fighting in Chicago for the I think the welterweight title, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna have words with Joe. Really? Rogan. Yeah, some shit. Wow. One of the guys on the card, the wrestler dude. Joe, you know how with this guy's age by any chance? He already said it. I'm waxing you. I'm turning 56 in 56. October. 56. Look at this guy. He could be Joe Holocaust's brother. A- anybody, I am. We are brothers. Don't you share a name? Oh, no. I was almost, almost had his father. Jo- uh, my mother almost named me Joseph John Flanagan. Wow. Joseph John Flanagan. Wow, you would have been all the yeah. different. And now you got a McKay. Yeah. Now you would have been all the different versions of the Cro-Mags. Yeah. Joseph John. Her name is Flanagan, <laughs> and her father was John. So she wanted to name me Joseph John. She's from the good side of the yeah. tracks, the Flanagan tracks. <laughs> Amazing. See, we we got a lot of other stuff going on. You're you got a go, new book coming out. Yeah, but you won't give up the, the name. PMA, could, on PMA. I can't because you know yet. what we 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 have to like copyright and get the fucking the the get the fucking website and everything and like you know when Somebody I came out and started doing press on media of pussies like dudes took mediasofpussies.com and tried to sell it to me and like oh. it's just this different time we're living in you know with all this internet shit so yeah it's on PMA I worked on it like three years and uh you know interviewed a lot of people it's completely done yeah, it's being designed now. So now it's just a matter done. of a release date. It's coming out this summer. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And this will be your third book. Third book, yeah. And then I'm working on a cookbook, and I'm working on another book on addiction, and you know. Wow. So I just keep writing. I got some movie shit I'm doing, and fucking yeah. yeah I'm you need a guy. I want to be in a movie. Well, I'm just a writer, dude. And then uh, me and Joe in it. You know, writing some TV pilots still. So I just like to write, man. No matter yeah. what happens, uh, I just like writing. It's a it's a creative outlet. Just like I, I like writing lyrics. You're an artist. In the end of the day, uh, you know, trying to trying to. If you're an artist, you gotta create. Try to create art. You know. Yeah. So, you know. And is Europe coming up? Yeah. How come we, we, we never did anything together in Europe? I don't know. We should, dude. What the fuck? That's crazy. That would be a crazy game. I hit up Mackie about it. He hung up on me. Nah. Nah, he didn't help. <laughs> got jokes. Nah, I'm just nah, teasing. But that too. would be dope. Cause Fuck yeah, man. Huh? I went to the audible.com. Yeah. Why well, got the MP3s from the book? Remember you did the audio from your book? Yeah. Oh, the audio from the book is great. I just redid the audio from the yeah. book on the I, last. Audio, audio, well, audio, Steve Reddy. Nice. Steve Reddy just put out. The second edition of Evolution. We did ten thousand on our own, and we just did another like seven thousand. Is anything added, or just yeah? Just chapters were added, really? and then I reread the whole book. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yo, writing a, a book like that. Studio. I mean, is that like? Are you ever conflicted that you don't want to put certain things in there? I was, yeah. yeah? Like uh, you know, because when I hear, you know, I mean, 
it it just takes balls to be so well honest it, about it was it, that was a that was a five year process and I kept skipping over a lot of the shit that was going down yeah as you know in the foster home as kids because it was embarrassing you know motherfuckers touching you and shit and sure, doing yeah. fucked up shit you don't shit. know how to put it you know yeah and it's like you know I never really said anything about that and my what, brothers I'm, never talked about it. Yeah, I remember you mentioned. And my that. mother and nobody knew. We were like that was like our secret that we was like mm. when we kept the diary in the home and everything they did, we was like we ain't putting that in was there. Was your brother upset at you that you said yeah, anything? My, yeah, my younger brother just was like crying when my mother asked him and then my older brother was like, That didn't happen yeah. and then my mother was like, Both of your brothers said that it happened and then he was like, I don't wanna talk about it. Yeah. So like, you know, he's then that's three it, brothers, it, it, and they all dealt with it differently. Two brothers, yeah. One, one, well, I mean, one with brother's, you included. Uh, yeah, is, is yeah. Uh, an addict, and the older brother just keeps it bottled in. He's an yeah. aggressive. So b- that being, um, that's your first book, right? That was the first one. Yeah. So once you get a book like that out of the way, are the other ones that come easier or? Well, it's still different subject matters. Like the PMA book, I I interview. You know, it was like, what makes people tick? What what yeah. mindset is very powerful thing. So how do people push past adversity in life? So I took all the lessons I've learned since I was a kid, and then you know, you know, like talk to everybody from like. You know, super athletes to like my one friend, friends, a uh, uh, a seal, and then fucking dudes who are like just crushing shit yeah. and don't let nothing stand in their way mentally, and just kind of uh, created this this four part book. You know how to you know be the baddest motherfucker that you came on earth to be. Yeah. How do you do that? And most of the time. People get defeated by the mind, like it says in the Gita. The mind could be your best friend or, 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 or worst enemy, you know. And if you think about that shit, it's true because, like, you know, even when I was smoking the fucking crack, the free base, and doing wild out shit, and the after, you know, the downfall of the first Cro-Mags when all the money got stolen in mm-hmm. fucking Europe, and I quit the band, I just fell into the fell out of music and, and, and fell into like association with bad motherfuckers and uh, you know and, and it was like my mind was just beating me down man fucking kept me Craig always tells the story of how like you know I walked out of these bushes in like I think it was 89 and they were on tour in LA and I fucking just came out of the bushes all fucking out dirty. of the bushes yeah outside the coke dealer's <laughs> house Craig, Craig loves telling that story. Yo, he had no shoes. He loves on, blowing no up shirt. people's spots. Yeah, yeah. I see he's not here today. Is that be- you better line up without him? You guys have more fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's hey, you know, Mike's <laughs> playing tonight because he's on tour. Craig's yeah, he's on, on tour. tour but he's a lot of fun, everybody. though, Greg. Right? He's a lot of he's fun. He's a fucking piss. Yeah, I love yeah. him, man. Yeah, yeah. I love him. We we have philosophical discussions. He loves a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's a good dude. Oh yeah, I like he's, that a, he's a brother, man. And you mentioned. You mentioned like uh, what happened in Europe, the whole thing. You came home from that feeling maybe defeated. Well, I felt betrayed. betrayed. Let's get it straight. Okay, yeah. Because there's a whole different 
storyline being told now yeah. of what the fuck went I mean, down. Can we talk about that yeah, right talk now? Talk about that shit right now. Right now, recently, it was announced that an ex-member is suing two current members of the Cro-Mags, yourself and Mackie. Yeah. And it's over. What is it over? The name He's itself? He's saying we violate. I, you know, I don't want to talk about the specifics yeah. because unlike him, yeah. we don't air the dirty laundry sure, of sure. that shit. Yeah. So the lawyers are handling it, but I got news for everybody listening to this right now. What's yeah. being said and shit that was filed and whatever the fuck. This has been going on for a minute. I don't really want to get into the specifics, but, yeah. you know... The, the funny shit is he turned around and said that we were suing him a little while back because fucking he tried to block us from playing and we just hired lawyers to fucking uh, to, to contest what he was trying to file trademark-wise. And then he goes online and tells everybody we're suing him. We don't sue nobody. Yeah. That's not how we roll. We don't get orders of protection. He did. We don't fucking rob people. He did. We don't snitch on people. He did. You know, people yeah. don't notice, and I'm going to say it right now. He's the one that pointed out Scotty Banks to the cops. Okay? Oh, fuck. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that know that shit, too. So, And he snitched on me to the government because yeah. he robbed the band and all that yeah. shit. And, he, 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 you know, his, his fucking science fiction book, that's what that shit is. It's science fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, you were a fucking kid punk rock star. And after that, when it got to the Cro-Mag shit... And who started the band and this and that's trying to say now somebody was singing before me in 81. That's a bunch of bullshit. There's no record of that. Mm. The record of the first shit that we rehearsed for five or six months at 171 was me singing and being in the band. Yeah. For fucking, you know, and breaking up in 81. And it talks about that in the big takeover, uh, you know, and... You know, I don't want to get into the specifics of the whole shit because it's like I'm not supposed to. We're yeah. gonna let. That's why we hired lawyers to to fucking say like, hey, here's our case. This is what's really going on. Like, you know, this dude has just destroyed the band. Like he oh, put this yeah. fantasy book out, but it's like who stole the money in '87? Him. Yeah. Who fucking stole the tour money in '91? Him. Who stole the fucking Century Media recording budget in, in fucking when we did Alpha Omega? Him. He, he treated everybody like shit in the studio. Him. This yeah. is this is you could even ask um, Century Media that that fucking seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars or whatever went unaccounted for that his aunt was running the bank account for and he was just using that shit as a slush fund to buy weed and apartments and electronics and and then heroin. Mm. And then, you know, because I don't be going out there now. If you didn't read my book, some motherfuckers listening to this probably don't know what the real fucking story is because they might have been drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. But the fact of the matter was he signed me as an individual artist to that fucking Century Media deal. So when I called up because I had the other band going and Roadrunner and everything with AJ and these guys, and I was like, I need a release to do this new band. They're like, he signed you as an individual artist. So I was like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, we're not releasing you. You guys, we, we sunk $200,000 into the band. They wow, said, finish these tracks, man. which Harley played bass on, which I would have never wrote anything like what was on Near Death Experience. Yeah. That was Harley playing Harley songs. I just did the vocals, and I got AJ to do the overdubs, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And they said, finish that record, and then give us a tour in Europe and the States so we can recoup our money off that record. And that's what I did. 
and he he left the band so we were under contract so that's when the shit started in 92 the Cro-Mags were going on without him yeah despite all the shit that he talks his band was Revenge Paris had fucking Psychic Orgy was his band figures but like (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like the stories that's being told, and that's when the phone calls started coming. Uh, when I got back from Europe, and I was getting re- and uh, and we did the states thing to fucking help them sell records, and the phone calls started coming from him who was high on heroin, and and, and, and you know he was hiding that, you know he was hiding out all over the West Coast and spending out spending the money, calling me up. I'm gonna fucking snitch on you for everything you ever did if you fucking keep playing as the Cro-Mags. Jesus Christ. And I was like, you'd be making a big motherfucking mistake if you do that. And sure enough, he shows up March 17th, plays a show, March 17th, 95, plays drums with Murphy's Law. I'm at the show, and he's like smirking at me. And then the next day, the cops came to my, to my fucking house, and I wasn't there, banging down the Fuck, fucking door. Man. And... He fucking ratted me out. Yeah. And he told the cops all the shit that I had done over the fucking 15-year period that I was AWOL. And it was a lot of shit. Yeah. So that's the reality of the situation. And we always kept the band going. We allowed them to come back in 2000 to the band. And he just created more shit. He started the big fucking shit up at Hellfest in Syracuse talking shit to everybody and... It was, it's, He's beefing it's, like straight edge dudes, right? Yeah, and they were gonna beat the fucking shit out of even us. Like they were gonna fucking like the whole crowd was gonna storm the stage. Yeah. And Steve Reddy calmed him down, and then one dude called him out, and you know, and he bitched up and yeah. wouldn't fight the fucking guy. The guy was like, "I don't need to wear Henzo Gracie shit every fucking day. I'll fight you right fucking now. That's what I do for a living. I'm a fucking real fucking fighter, you know." And yeah. then all that mouth shit, it's all mouth. It's all talk. He froze up. And, you know, and that's the whole thing, man. You know, listen, man. Everyone I know that's a fucking... Everyone that I know that's a top-tier motherfucker don't have to let... The alpha dogs don't have to let the world know they're alpha dogs. Yeah. People know. Yeah. So when you're trying to brag about yourself all the time and this and that, that's... His ego is incredible. It's saying something. I don't give a fuck what the dude says, uh, you know, but now he puts this book out and he's... He's got these new kids drinking the Kool-Aid because they don't know. Yeah. First of all, like, where is it in the code of ethics of hardcore and punk that you you snitch on motherfuckers like that? Yeah. You know? And I have mad witnesses that know that he did that shit because he didn't like he didn't like Scotty's crew, and he fucking they he hung out in the park by his grandmother's house. In Queens and brought the cops over there. He was tripping on acid and was like, Yeah, let's go fucking snitch on him. And he did. Fuck and Scotty forgave the motherfucker. He's a bigger man than me because I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. But, like, you know, dude, it's like, it's. That's. The whole fucking shit and, and the persona that he tries to create and that he's gotten wronged and. You know, oh, he's a perpetual victim. With yeah, you. he plays the victim yeah. constantly, but it's like I don't even give a fuck. We don't say nothing online. If you look at any of our social media, which I'm really the only one that does it, you don't see me talking about that motherfucker at all. Yeah, but just with everything that's been going down lately and the lies being told, and like you know, Drew Stone, who has his fucking tongue up Harley's ass, giving him a format to talk his shit all the time. 
Mm. You know, or you know, and it's just like I don't really give a fuck because we're gonna listen. But the bottom line is, no matter what happens with this case, the band that motherfuckers want to come see is the band that's playing tonight. That's right. And the band that's playing tonight is Mackie, AJ, fucking. Uh, you know, Craig is usually the bass player and myself. Yeah. We're the ones we play Age of Qual. The motherfuckers that be saying, I didn't write, you know, dude, still write me. Yo, you didn't even write nothing on Age of Qual. I'm like, motherfucker, I wrote 85% of the lyrics on that album mm-hmm. and fucking uh, Crush the Demoniac, which I play. And, uh, and the, you know, most of Crush the Demoniac and, and also fucking most of the lyrics on Alpha Omega and all the others, you know. So, so let's say like, his his band does any songs off Alpha Omega. He's probably singing lyrics that you... Of course. He's wrote. singing shit that I wrote off fucking Age of Qual. You don't see me yeah. saying nothing about it. Yo, don't sing my lyrics and blah, blah, blah. Listen, people that don't know about music comment. The fact of the matter is 50% of the publishing goes to the lyricist. Yeah. So by right... I'm allowed to play any motherfucking song I want. Yeah. So, you know, to say that I didn't write anything on the album, I, when I go through in my book, I wrote the chorus of Hard Times. I wrote fucking It's the Limit. You just go down the list, dude. And it was like, you know. Now, what would prevent him from just playing out as the Cro-Mags? He if, could do whatever he wants. Th- that's why I say, like, if anybody defends him doing this move, if he had the balls and he had the mentality that you would think a member of the Chromax would have he would just say I'm playing out I'm the Chromax somebody's got something to say come see me otherwise yeah. that's it I mean that's what we're trying to you know we're trying to work the shit out whatever but it's like when you keep going online and fucking talking all this shit and then yeah. it's like we're getting calls from the lawyer and the legality of the shit when our the law firm that's representing us is like they're like one of the biggest law firms with I, IP law firms, intellectual uh, uh, proprietorship, yeah. you know, intellectual uh, properties or whatever. So it's like the lawyers are going back and forth and, you know, that's what the real matter is. It's not for me to say whatever. I don't give a fuck whatever, you know. And no matter what happens, we roll with the punches. And it, no matter what happens in this case, I don't really give a fuck. You still got to be you, and I still got to be me. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you and know. And if you follow him online, it appears it's hard to be him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that case where I have to complain every fucking day about somebody or something or, or being outshined or being ripped off. Dude, it's like, you know, okay, you know, here, here's the whole thing. Just like Freddie and all them said, man, when he tried to sun all them cats when they did that festival in Japan, he's on stage. With his gi on and swinging a kettlebell and like, these are like my children. I gave birth to this whole scene. And it's like, like, dude, you know, son grown ass men that fucking have been doing shit. Like you dropped the fuck off the scene. Where the fuck you been for all these motherfucking years? You ain't done jack shit. Now you put out this bullshit book and come back like you're the man and and fuck everybody else who's now doing major shit. Sick of it all and fucking yeah. And 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 all the rest of the bands that are fucking you know manballing these bands that you know they fucking have just as much fucking cred on the fucking scene as anybody else, man, and then some. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and AF and all of them, it's like, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, somebody brought that up to me the other night. They called me up, look what happened in Metallica. I mean, I said, look, Metallica motherfuckers didn't try to fucking put another member in fucking prison and be forgiven for that. And then it was all on a ruse 
that the beef wasn't over in 2000. He was talking shit behind my fucking back. So then I'm like, all right, well, then, you know, yeah. back to fucking square one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If that's the case, I in my heart, I'm... I let the shit go, but at that point, I was like, I ain't never walking on stage with that motherfucker again. When you look back, was there ever a time where you think like he wasn't like this, or now do you think? Now you look Man, back and you the was- minute we started, I remember the first fucking time I snuck across the border into Canada. I got Brooke Smith, who fucking was the girl in the hole in in, in uh, what was that movie? Precious. Come on, what Precious. Was the, what was the movie with Precious? The Silence of the Lambs, Brooke, Brooke Smith was oh, okay, the girl okay. down in the hole. Oh, yeah? She took her mother's station wagon and snuck us into Canada. Oh, Joe's taking pictures. Nice. And snuck us into Canada. The minute we got in, like, and, and this dude one two days ago was like my boy. Listen, I protected that motherfucker from catching beatings on the Lower yeah. East Side. yeah. I don't even want to tell you how many motherfuckers were like, yo, I would stomp a mud hole in that dude if he wasn't in your band and your boy. Yeah. Like, when, the, when he was beating up all the gay people and having swat sticker tattoos and beating up gays and ending up on the cover of gay magazines and they took a contract out on Get him. Get out of here. Dude, he was on the cover of a Damn. gay magazine about to beat up a gay dude. He was gay bashing with all the dudes up there. And they put him on the cover of a magazine and said, gentlemen, beware of these skinheads. And it was him and Eric Holy who was singing shit. in the crowd. And the Puerto Ricans came to me and they're like, yo, that dude's in your band, right? And fucking, I was like, yeah. And they and, and I, I squashed the fucking beef. Holy but, but fuck, you know, that's the whole thing. And then the minute we get across the border into Canada, to Montreal... And, and Paris will even tell you this, Kevin, whatever the fuck he calls himself yeah. now, that the minute we got in front of other people, he starts showing off, showing off and being like, ah, fuck you, asshole, and all this shit, talking to me like that in Montreal. And I'm like, we were in this storefront where we were staying, and I'm like, yo, like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to like that? Wow. I had, I, I literally was like, yo, you better fucking shut your fucking mouth. And he's showing off in front of all these people. And I literally jumped over the fucking couch and like fucking grabbed him by the throat. Like, yo, that's it. Don't say another fucking word. Like, it was always like when people was around, it was a different person. He had to show off and be this fucking, you know, ego tripping dude. Yeah. And it's like, there's no need for that. This is not that type of music scene. But, you know... This ain't rock star bullshit, dude. Like, be humble. And that, w- that was... That's when the we started get. getting the Motorhead tour and all that, him in yeah. Paris and Doug started getting these rock star attitudes and treating the punk rock fans like shit. Yeah. See, this is the real history, motherfuckers, that I wrote about in my book. It's like... And I'm like, yo, they're the ones who built this band up, man. Don't be dissing the fucking punk fans that, you know, are coming to these shows. So it's like everybody can say whatever the fuck they want. The fact is, the truth is the truth. And it, it you know. does seem like he has a, a little mini fan club of inactive people, like very inactive people that don't actually yeah, support the people anything. that fucking internet was, people. Yeah, but like I mean, dregs of fucking society that fucking are taking his back. Louis Louis Bolo, who fucking robbed the temple, robbed the benefit at CBGB's money, and the Hell's Angels were gonna kick his ass. He had to split from New York. Then he goes to Atlanta, he's robbing everybody down there, got fucking shot, and now he's like, supposedly, you know, comes back to New York. It's just like, dude, who cares, man? I I have so much other positive shit going on, helping people get off drugs and give up 
poisonous food and heal their bodies of cancer and yeah just being a friend to people you know but it's just a shame that like you know this shit's gotta go on but uh, it, it is what fun. it is you know what fuck that guy let's not talk about yeah it. but, but you about- know it's like i want there may be some people that are, are believing the shit that's being put out there yeah. that's why i'm glad you talked to you and talk the whole bit, shit huh? is is like you know you know, there's a reason Paris stopped playing with him too, because yeah. like he was stealing the tour money from Paris under his mattress. Paris, I had a whole big sit down with him a few years, like five years ago. He told me the whole shit. You know, it yeah. was Harley's idea to rat you out because we were gonna start doing the chrome eggs. We couldn't have two chrome eggs playing at the same time, and that's what he did. I was like, I know all that, mm-hmm. but you got me arrested three different times and took orders of protection against me. So that Paris was some did. pussy shit. Yeah. He was showing up at my gym. We never worked out before. Puerto Rican gym gladiators and talking shit to me while he's like working out across from me. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Like, just, dude, it's such bullshit. And uh, motherfuckers getting orders of protection and fucking like. Yeah, that's not what like, we would dude, think uh, kind of behavior from, from those guys. Yeah, you know? well, that's the behavior it was. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, people want to forget all the shit that went down in the past, you mm-hmm. know, but. That's why I wanted to mention, uh, Joe wasn't here, but that, that month when we played with you, we, he actually was kind enough to offer us a show. We said, yes, the show was canceled. No harm done. This guy still pays me to guarantee the next week. He's got no... Well, we paid you. We got paid, and I was like, I felt bad that y'all motherfuckers. I'm just saying. Because I was like, we had a contract. We asked you guys to play. So I, we paid you out of the Chrome Eggs money. I'm just saying, like, if if you never did, nobody would have known a thing. You know what I mean? Shadow played the show. For Come here CBGBs. closer. Yeah. Shadow played a show at the last CBGB's thing Harley put on. It was Harley's War, Iron Cross, Death Before Dishonor. It was supposed to be Indecision or Most Precious Blood. And Shadow played. Shadowrun played. Death for His Honor played. There was not a lot of people there. Harley's War goes on and he's on stage. Because Cuz Joe and his friends want to sneak in the venue, I can't pay any of these fucking bands. You guys want to rip off the scene I built. And he's talking all this shit on CBGB stage. <laughs> the end of the night comes. They're like, yo, you gotta go get paid from Harley. So I go in to get paid. He's like, oh, we don't have a lot of money. But he gives me five Chromax shirts and a bunch of European DVDs. I come out, I'm happy as hell. Yeah. Joe and I was like, what the fuck? Brian's like, Frankie, go in there. You better not come out with the merch. He comes out with two arms of merch. And we thought it was funny because, like, of course, we yeah. could get asked by Harley to play a show. We wouldn't get paid. We go down to the LES. We're sitting in a restaurant. This guy shows up. It's Sunday night. He's got John Joseph shows restaurant up. right now. I remember we were all down eating in the restaurant. He came in. He came in because he was feeding the homeless that same night in the same city. John's feeding the homeless. <laughs> he come in. While since, the other one's ripping people off. Since 82. Stops us from eating. I got food for you. Don't eat here. Come. And we sat with John till 3 in the morning. He's telling us stories, talking to everybody on the street. And one night, I saw the difference between the one Crow Mag and the other Crow Mag. Mm-hmm. In a single night, in a single city, you got one guy saying one thing, doing another, and you got this guy who stopped you from eating at a restaurant so you can eat with him and talk for four hours. That's more well, that's, testimony. More that, testimony. Well, here's the whole thing. That's why who's... If everybody... From the past lineup was a straight shooter. We gave Doug an opportunity. We gave Harley an opportunity to come to come back to the band and do the right thing, and he didn't. He tried to burn my friend for twenty three thousand dollars worth of fucking plane tickets 
saying he was still going to go to Japan and just burn us for the fucking tickets. And that's why we got Franklin to do that tour. I mean, and, and, you know, Doug is all fucked up on drugs. He's a fucking, he's just another fucking internet. These guys are like internet wash women just talking a bunch of bullshit. And, and, and then, you know, I met with Paris just to squash the beef. And he starts ragging on Mackie. Fuck Mac. I was like, yo, that's my dude. Don't say another fucking word. And then he did. And I was like, yo, this meet, this meet that we just did is over. And I yeah. walked out. Then he goes on, on Noisy. And says that I asked to meet him and fucking asked him to come back that. to the band. I'm like... I think that guy's out of his mind. Dude. I was debating with him online about Mackie. And he was acting like Mackie's some like new... Like a, some crap regular drummer. Dude. Like Mackie's... They don't reference Mackie's first band, Frontline, which predated Frontline. Listen, all I got to say is this. He tried to fucking snap on Tony Iommi's fucking guitar playing from Black Sabbath. Oh. That's the kind of fucking douche. Okay, that, that reminds me of somebody I but, know. But look, that's why those dudes are not in the band. Yeah. And, you know, you got AJ Novella's been doing this shit since 92. AJ's, Even when Harley AJ's came back soul. to the band in 2000, AJ was still around. And, and, and fucking... And Mackie's my fucking homie since way back. And, and Smoothest then, dude ever. Now and check it out, John. Let's forget this dude. Yeah. Maybe you can help us and we'll have some fun. Be careful. What happened? A rat? Yeah, what is no, that? No, no. The rat got me. There's rats in it. Me and Joe had a little debate about Blake. You, you mentioned Tony Iommi, so it's just about Black Sabbath. Joe prefers the Dio version of Black Sabbath. I prefer the Ozzy version. As you, you being an expert. And you well, probably, I saw Sabbath in 76. Did you see both versions? I, mean, I wouldn't see that other version. Which, I stopped which, listening to them like way after Technical Ecstasy so came you, out. That was like my last. That has some good songs. But I knew, it. yeah. I'm a rock and roll soldier gonna yeah. play it until I'm dead. No so you're Ozzy guy. I know. Yeah. I mean, I had all the early albums, yeah. Black Sabbath, yeah. fucking. This guy's dissing on Ozzy like he's a nobody. Well, you know, hey, listen. Ozzy's a legend. Listen, music is subjective, man. Yeah, but come Everybody's on. taste is different. How can I tell you to like reggae if you don't like Bob? Yeah, I got you. I, I, I'm not saying Dio is not a great singer. I'm just saying, come on, Ozzy. Like going at Ozzy is like almost sacrilegious to me. Uh, you know. You know. Ozzy's the Harley. No, he's not. No. See, no. you don't trash people and rob. <laughs> <laughs> Joe always goes as low as possible. He always goes under the belt with the next. With the. Yeah, he don't like Ozzy. That's yo, all right. Yo, all right. Let's this wrap it up. We appreciate it, man. And you got to play soon. Yeah, go on in and out. And this is the man, honest man, a good man. You know why he could go and play wherever he wants? Because of his reputation. You know how you build a re- good reputation? By doing the right thing. That's what he does. Well, you know, that's the whole thing, man, is I learn. Like, look, I'm not going to say I didn't do grimy shit. We talked about But I never did podcast. grimy yeah. shit to motherfuckers that was in this band. Yeah. I, nev- I posted that shit the other day. I never took a fucking dime from anybody in this band. When I did my robberies, it was fucking drug dealers and fucking motherfuckers that were a lot better than me that put motherfuckers in, 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 you know, in the grave Yeah. when I was a crackhead and fucking all that shit. I never fucking stole no money from this band or fucked people over on the fucking scene or anything like that. So, you know, that's... Uh, you dig your grave, man, and that's why I, I just try to do the right thing and, 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 and treat people the way I want to be treated, man, you know? Like, I, 
You know, I respect everybody until they give me a reason not to. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's how you got to roll in life. And, you know, it's funny because even in the PMA book I wrote, I found myself (coughs) revisiting a lot of shit that I maybe didn't put into practice so much. Like, you know, the four agreements don't take things personal. It's taken me a lot to restrain myself from a lot of the shit that gets talked. Without rolling up old school or whatever, but it's like, you know, as I'm working on the book, it's like reminding me of things that I need to do, you know, in my life. Yeah. So uh, it's been a journey even writing this book. I think it's going to help. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I bet, man. I mean, even like this documentary, I just did this Iron Mind thing with the dude from London. uh, Yeah, that was real good. We got so many. Uh, people, oh man, I just gave up drinking, I quit drugs, I stopped eating all the bullshit food, and I started working out again, thank you so much, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's why I even agreed to do that shit and take my time, and I didn't get paid for any of that, Yeah. I don't get paid for none of the shit, even my YouTube channel, The Hard Truth, I pay motherfuckers to do that. Out of my own pocket Because I'm like I, I, I'm just trying to put the information out there There's no ads There's no fucking me trying to sell you nothing On that YouTube channel It's me paying Fucking money to have some motherfucker Like produce it And and shoot it And buying the food I mean every episode cost me like Fucking three, four hundred fucking dollars fucking Out of man. my pocket And my time Yeah but I know it's helping people, so that's why I do it. And if you, you know, that's that's what it's all about, man. It's, nah, I respect it, that. It's, man. Look, man, like I said, I'm just paying it forward. Bad Brains reached out to me and, and offered that fucking lifeline back in the day when I needed it. And I was fucking crazy and everything I went through to, to get, to be able to, you know, hang with them brothers in the early days during that whole recording of that record, the Bad Brains' first record, and live at 171 and work at the health food store and get into, you know, the Ital stuff, the the food and the music and the meditation. And it's, it was a life-changing uh, part of my life. You know, life. The, the respect that the Bad Brains gets from, like, your generation is is unbelievable. Because it was just true, and anybody that was there, not just musically, but what... You know, everybody now they're homophobic, like all this bullshit. I don't get into any of that. I just know the universal message that and you were there, they you felt teaching. it, and I was there, yeah. and that's what you know. I was like, that's that was a fucking shape shifting fucking event. We were debating hard with Armand and uh, Craig, and they're like you in the camp of the bad brains, but we just didn't understand. I know how important they are to the people that are important to my generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I get it, but it must have been something else. Like to see yeah, it in that time. There, and, uh, and, yeah. and I saw them in 1980 the first time. They just didn't even have dreads yet. Yeah. And then like to, to link back up with them. And they started getting into Rastafari. And then, uh, you know, to be around them. And I got to do that first tour with them in the South. And then fucking live at 171 during the recording of the record and spend so much time with them. Great experiences. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And like you said, you're helping people. So after the show today, I got a friend that every time I talk to this guy, he's ordering chicken fingers 
in a drive-thru on the phone. This guy right here. If you could help him after the show, guide him in a... Joe's like, I'm sorry. Joe, Joe's mouth and I'm sorry. This today. man. I'm Joe, Joe, could, Joe could do whatever he wants. That's right. like, That's I know. Right. I love this brother. That's and right. I'm going to tell you something. Like, he tooted my horn, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I've been playing music for 37 years. I dealt with a lot of motherfuckers out there. And I'm going to tell you one promoter. Who? There's two promoters in my... One is Jake from Rocks Off. Good guy. And the other one is Joe. Joe Hardcore Because Joe Hardcore, when he does shows, the bands come first. He don't care if he got to take a loss or whatever. If he promised somebody something, he's doing yes. his damnedest yeah. to make sure you get everything promised. He's doing it because he loves the music. Yeah. I mean, motherfuckers were like, yo, is he the fifth Chrome <laughs> when we would be playing? But that's Joe. Ah. And I love it. He's the fifth a guy of a lot of bands. Yo, but that's dope because... He's doing it because he loves the music. He's yeah. not doing it because he's trying to make fucking money off the sweater, motherfuckers. Like, it, no, it's sincere. And, and, it's sincere. And, and look at this as hardcore, how he's able to put all these fucking great... Yeah. Listen, just like Chris Williamson, Rock Hotel, it's going to take a couple of years uh, of promoting for the word to get out that this dude is going to fuck you over. No one's ever said that about nah. him. And no people, one's ever said that about him. And he's Jake. still around. He's still yeah. around. Yeah, Jake's yeah. still around. Still doing stuff. Yeah. That's the sign. They're still around because the reputation. Like yourself. With other people that aren't around, well, you know why. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Like, you can't burn all these bridges and do all this fucked up shit and disappear under a rock for fucking 10 or 15 years and then you... You certainly, you suddenly reappear acting like you invented fucking punk and hardcore, yeah. and everyone got to when kiss it was your fine ass. without you for yeah, for a decade. And that's the shit that gets motherfuckers. That are narcissists is that they're not the center of attention, and it's not all about them. Yeah, that's hard. Some for them people to can't deal with that, yeah. but you know, it is what it is, and uh, you know. Beautiful, John Joseph. Keep that PMA. Amen. And if you uh, want to check out whatever the fuck I'm doing, it's always positive. John yeah. Joseph Cromag on Instagram, JJ Cromag on Twitter. I love John the live Joseph stuff. on Facebook. And what I got YouTube? You have a YouTube tours. channel. Yeah, I got a YouTube channel. It's called The Hard Truth. It's all recipes and, and health information from doctors. And I get a lot of people with diabetes and all this shit writing me. And I'm like, look. And then they write back years later, yo, man, you fucking pointed me in the right direction. This lady, she's the brother of a very famous fucking actor from the 70s and 60s. I'm not going to say his name, but Damn. he's won Academy Awards. How about a hint? I can't say none. All right, all right, go ahead. Um, and my coach, initial Iron Man coach, is her trainer. And she just had a mild heart attack. And I put her in touch with Dr. Robert Osfeld from Montefiore. He runs the Montefiore Cardiac Wellness Program, plant-based diet. Starting getting off her meds. And, 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 you know, and then she writes back and she's like, yo, this is, that was incredible. So yeah. I, I just try to, like, beautiful, you know, put people in touch with the right people, with the experts that yeah. can, you know, listen, if you got kids and you got all this shit, you got to stick around for that. 
So you want to live your life so you can see your grandchildren fucking graduate college and all and be around and live healthy and live clean and that's why I do what I do is to help people. It's not to be like I'm smarter than you cuz I ain't. Technically, I just took the information and put it all together, put in a couple of fuck yous and motherfuckers and this and that and, and, and a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they won't have me speak at them fucking whack ass fucking them them uh them fucking uh them veg fests and yeah. shit. They boycott me. But listen, you they mentioned can't handle the truth. Right, Joe? You mentioned you you got a girlfriend for a while now. Yeah, six Will years. Will you ever Eric get married? She don't wanna get married. What about you? Do you wanna get married? Nah, well, I'm not why why get married? It's fine. Probably would have wanted that. We are married. Okay, That's my right. wife. Right. Erica Michener, she's a, she's got two black belts, she's a personal trainer, she's plant based. She has a degree in plant plant based nutrition. Beautiful. Uh, and she's an amazing person. We just adopted a little sit rescued a little pit bull and shit. Nice, and like nice. fucking you know, we've been together for six years. So you got it all. You got it all. I don't have it all. You do got it all. Listen. What don't you got? You got love. Anything could change. That's the main thing. You got your pride. You you got your health. You know what? Fuck pride. You're right. I got love. Pride coming before you got your love. I got love in my life. I love every... I try to love everyone and respect everyone. What you put out, the seeds you sow is fucking... You're going to reap those harvests. Just remember that. Karma is a motherfucker. Like we say... You know, what comes around goes around. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post-America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck is this you in? This is post-America. You ain't shit, motherfucker.